Your experience at Joy Church will be unlike any church service you have ever attended before. We are not about religion. We are about a relationship with God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. At Joy Church, you'll hear live and vibrant praise and worship music. You will be loved and encouraged. You will be confident that your children will learn about Jesus in a fun and safe environment. You'll be assured that your youth will be loved and accepted not only for who they are, but challenged to become who they were created to be. At Joy Church, God's Word is delivered through creative, humorous, and relative teaching that will help you apply the Bible to your life. There is a place here at Joy Church just for you, where you can begin to develop a vibrant and exciting relationship with Jesus Christ and discover your divine destiny. Amen. So thrilled to have you with us over Resurrection Week, and I'm very excited to share with you a one-time teaching session called Whosoever. And I love the subtitle, Discovering the Inclusivity of Christianity. Now that is unusual because we have been so accused for so many years of being exclusive. Now before we jump into this, I want to ask you a question. You ever been somewhere that's exclusive? Maybe like a really exclusive restaurant, you know, a real snobby restaurant with a lot of snobby people in it. I, I have, and I cannot stand being in exclusive places. I do not like snobs. That is just not my thing. I don't like any, I'm, I'm kind of like John the Baptist in a China shop. I do not like snobs. I don't like snobby people. I don't like exclusive places. You know, where people just, you know, hoity-toity and they, you know, they, they drink with their pinky extended and all of that. Way back when, as I mentioned, I, I used to be an alcoholic checking IDs at a bar. And, and I remember all of those years ago, again, this was, you know, 38, 39, 40 years ago, something along those lines. All those years ago, uh, I, I remember at that place, the place was Billy's. And, and during the day, it was a restaurant. At night, I would check IDs. But during the day, I was a maitre d', I was a host. And I remember one day when one of the owner's wife came in to get lunch. And this particular woman was a snob. And she just sat there and she went, okay, I, I want that table right there. And that table right there was occupied. There were people in the table. And, and, and she said, she, uh, she said uh, well, I want that table. And I said, well, ma'am, I mean, there's people sitting there. And she was like, don't you know who I am? And I said, well, yes, ma'am, I do, but I can't ask paying customers. I wouldn't think you as the owner's wife would want paying customers to get up in the middle of their lunch and move somewhere. And she just was not having it with me. She said, well, get, get the manager. I said, okay, ma'am, but he's going to tell you the same thing I'm going to tell you. And, and I went and got the manager, and doggone it, if that manager didn't go over to that table and move two paying customers from the lunch that they were having right by the window and put that woman, the owner's wife, right there. I've never seen anything like that. I was, now remember, I did not know Jesus, so don't get mad at me. But I was infuriated by that because I do not like snobs. Mike, I don't like snobs. I like people like you that have beautiful, pure, and wonderful hearts. I don't like snobs. And so, again, I didn't know the Lord. Don't, please don't be mad at me. But I had a big old wad of gum in my mouth at the time, and I was furious. 
And so when this woman, as she was going to be seated in her chair, she had a big old beehive hairdo about this high. It was really high. It was a long time ago. Beehive hairdos were not even popular then. And, and I remember taking that wad of gum out of my mouth and from a distance, and it would have been fine because it was six feet away at the time, from a distance, I threw that piece of gum in her big bouffant hairdo, her big beehive hairdo, and because it was so big and was so tall, she didn't feel it, and it lodged there, and it was awesome, a big wad of gum in her beehive, and I was so proud of that accomplishment, I literally went and told waiters and waitresses, when you go by that table, the owner's wife, check out her hair, there's a big wad of gum in it, I put it there. I was not happy with that snob, and that's how I handled it as a sinner. Please forgive me. I didn't know any better. I had gum disease all the way back uh, then, but that's literally a true story. I don't like snobs, and I know. I get it. I know in a lot of cases, churches have the reputation for being exclusive, being religious, being judgmental, kind of being spiritual snobs. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, check out this video. And that concludes our message for today. Now, if there is anyone who would like to become a member of our fellowship. Oh, oh, preacher, preacher, that, that's me. I want to be a member here. Oh, she is so unkempt. She kind of smells a little bit and her fingernails are not clean. She dumpster dives. I don't know what our members would think of her. I'll tell you what, take a week, pray about it, talk to Jesus. In a week, if you still wanna be a member, we can talk about it. Okay. Oh. And that concludes this week's message. I'm sure y'all enjoyed it. If anyone would like to become a member of this fellowship. Oh, preacher, preacher, that's me. I'm back. I brought my Bible this time. See? Please see an usher. Oh, okay, but I brought my Bible. No, he, he told me. Preacher! Preacher, preacher, wait. Uh, you hear me? I brought my Bible. I know you heard me. Uh, okay, I... yeah, you're a close talker, aren't you? <laughs> Listen, sister, do me a favor. Just take one more week and really talk to Jesus about this. And, and in one more week, if you feel like, we could talk about you being a member. Okay, one week, right? One more week. One more week, uh, okay. okay. I... One week. <laughs> well, yes, brother. I thank you for your very generous tithe and offering. And I will make sure that I mention that in next week's sermon. Oh, preacher. <laughs> I'm going to have to call you back. Hi. Well, hey. Uh, Shelly. Shelly, yeah, I, I knew that, of course. Uh, well, I hadn't seen you around lately. Where you been? Oh, yeah, I've been around. I, I've been talking to Jesus, just like you told me to for the past couple weeks. Really? I have, and actually, he told me not to bother with coming to your church to become a member. He said that? He did. He said he's been trying to get in your church for years, and he still can't. <laughs> Come on, you know a lot of churches like that. Even Jesus, so exclusive, even Jesus can't get in. 
Let me give you a couple of verses here as we celebrate Resurrection Weekend. And these verses are pretty famous, and these are some of the verses that not fully understood can give you the idea of exclusivity. Check it out. Look at these verses. John chapter 14 and verse 6. Jesus said unto him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. And look at Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, I don't want you to mistake me. Those verses, I believe with all of my heart, those are two of my favorite verses in the Bible, and I believe them with all of my heart, but they've given us and given so many people a wrong understanding, and so many times perception is all about reception. And if you don't understand just how inclusive those verses really are, then you'll have the wrong idea about Christianity. Now, please don't mistake me. I really do believe that religion, you saw in that video, religion can be very exclusive. But Jesus and Christianity are very inclusive. And religion and relationship are two very separate and distinct things. Let me give you a couple of thoughts of the differences between the two. And I think this is be very eye-opening. Check it out. Number one, religion is man's attempt to get to God. Christianity is God's attempt to get to man. I love that. I think about that for just a minute. It's God's attempt to get to man. This is the thing that I love about God. God didn't just say, okay, from heaven. He just didn't shout, I love you. He didn't just shout it out from heaven. He showed it here on earth by coming, by sending his one son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die for my sins and for yours. Second thing that you need to know, and it's very important, big distinct difference between religion and relationship. In religion, Man does all the work, and he presents it to God and says, will you accept this? In Christianity, Jesus has done all the work, and he presents it to man and says, will you accept this? Ladies and gentlemen, that's called, that's called grace. That's God's wonderful and marvelous grace, and I partake of that grace by simply trusting and believing what Jesus Christ did for me. That's what Easter's all about. Now, let me talk to you a little bit about this because there is a big difference between religion and relationship. And I want you to see that very big difference. And I want you to know the God behind that relationship. And I want you to see just how inclusive that he really is. Let me give you three attributes about God, and I want you to think about that. An attribute is simply tribute, a tribute to God, and I'm going to give you three. The first one's very simple. Number one, God is good. Now, this is not going to be just this big, giant, deep thing, but this is going to be so profound it's going to make you think because you're going to see how inclusive God really is. He is good. 
Now, I, I realize during this time, you're probably thinking, many of you, uh, maybe you're checking this thing out for the very first time, checking out this whole Christianity thing for the very first time, wondering why I'm wearing a pink sweater. I, I, I get it. But I want you to know something. You're thinking, well, okay, with all that's going on and all this virus craziness and all of the, how can God be good? Where's God in all this? Where's God in all this COVID-19? Where is he? And, and, and why is he allowing this? Listen, please listen to me very, very, very closely. If you'll simply remember this very easy to remember phrase, it'll set your theology straight for the rest of your life. Good God, bad devil, cursed world, and stupid people. Now, now, right there at your home, right in your house, would you look to the two or three people around you and go, hey, are you one of those stupid people? Is that you? Just come on, look at them. Just tell them that. Listen, there is a good God. He is not your problem. He is your solution. There is a real devil out there that tempted Adam and Eve all those years ago, and they began to be separated from God. And as a result of that separation, there became a cursed world. And now, ladies and gentlemen, there's all kinds of people that have free wills that are doing crazy things. There is a good God. There is a bad devil. There is a cursed world. And there are stupid people. But God is good. And he is good all the time. You say, well, well Pastor, come on. Well, where, where is he in all this? He's the same place that he's always been. He is literally waiting for you to invite him in. God does not go where he's needed. He goes where he is invited. And he is waiting for you to invite him in to all of the challenges that you face, ladies and gentlemen, because he is a good God. Where's a good God in all of this? Well, here in the Nashville area, we had a really horrific tornado before all this virus nonsense. And I can tell you where a good God was. There was about 10 of us that we have a mobile kitchen here, and, and my community outreach pastor is here with me today, and Pastor James and his team went down to ground zero and fed hundreds of hundreds of people that were hurting and their house was devastated. Can I tell you something? That's where a good God was working through a whole lot of people that love him and are committed to him and are serving him. That's where a good God is. Uh, we just on, on Friday, we have a pantry open on Thursday and Friday. And as you know, there's now economic challenge. So many people have lost their job and people are hurting uh, financially. It, it broke my heart to hear as soon as they opened it up on Friday, there was a line of cars waiting for groceries. A line of cars, all of them because they had been, they've gotten out of work. And I'm so proud of our team. There they led, our team led two of them to Jesus Christ uh, just on Friday. And I want you to know, there's where a good God is. Working through people, giving away tens of thousands of dollars worth of groceries to people that are hurting. There's where a good God is. Your God is good. And he is alive. And that is one of his best attributes. He is good. I want you to see something. Let's turn to Psalms 86 and verse 5. You're going to see just how inclusive this good God is. I love this verse, Psalms 86, verse 5. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in mercy to all those that call upon you. Listen to me so closely. God is ready to forgive. Who is he ready to forgive? All. 
those that call upon him. Can I tell you something about the word all? It is very inclusive. Now, can you see how I'm trying to help you understand this in a, in a more biblical manner? Because we've got this kind of bad rep that, you know, this God is ex- exclusive. No, no, God, God is very inclusive. All is a very inclusive word. God is good, and he's ready to give mercy to all those that call upon him. I love that. Well, what does that mean in everyday language? Well, can I tell you? God instituted the game of hide-and-seek. Now, Adam started it. I, I realize that. You remember when Adam sinned? And you, you remember all of that. And Adam was hiding off in the bushes. And, and what did God do? He said, Adam, where are you? Can, can I modernize that for you just a little bit? Come out, come out, wherever you are. That, my friends, is hide-and-seek. God's the one started this thing. He's a good God. And from the beginning of time... He is ready to give mercy to all, to all those that call upon him. He's seeking for you. And he always has been because he's very, very inclusive. Let me give you another verse that will help you understand what I'm saying. From the book of Psalms, check it out. Psalms 98 and verse 2. The Lord has made known his salvation. His righteousness he has revealed in the sight of the nations. I love those words, made known and revealed. Those are very, 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 very powerful words because that shows you that God is a revealer, not a concealer. He's not hiding from you. He's seeking for you. And I love that. He's a revealer. Every time you say, well, how does he reveal himself? Listen, all you have to do is go outside. And I know we're not going outside a lot, but when you do go outside, look at creation. You know that there is a creator because there is creation. Just like if you saw a beautiful painting, you know there's a painter. Or a beautiful building, you know there's a builder. He is a revealer, not a concealer. I love Jesus' mission from Luke chapter 19 and verse 10. The Bible says that Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. I love that. Seek and save. In other words, he's looking for you. He's inclusive. To seek and save that which was lost. There was two parables in Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. One of a shepherd that lost one sheep, had a hundred, one straight away, left the 99 sheep, went after the one, found the sheep, brought the sheep back, and told everybody to rejoice because he found the one lost sheep. Next parable, finds a woman, had a bunch of coins, lost one very valuable coin, and the Bible says that she swept her house diligently and cleaned it so that she could find the one thing that she lost. And when she found it, She told everybody to rejoice because she'd found that lost thing. That's what Jesus is all about. Lost things are valuable things. I remember I've got my son here. He's 17 years old. I remember when my son was just two years old. And he'd never been able to climb out of his crib on his own at the time and never been able to unlock the door. And, you know, he was just too little. And I remember it was our day off. You know, we'd been ministering on Saturday and Sunday. We had a day off, and, 
And we got up a little bit later, and we're just enjoying the morning. And then, of course, we thought we'd go wake John up and get him up, and we'd have a great time playing together. And then all of a sudden, we went to John's crib, and no John in the crib. And if you are a parent, you know that that is not a good thing. So we begin to cry out, John, hey, John, John. And we cried out, as you can imagine, louder and louder and louder, and no John anywhere. Really, nothing has changed now that he's 17. <laughs> very, very similar. Now he just has a car. And so we, we cried out, and, and so we went, we, he was in his crib, and we went down to the front door, and of all things, the door was unlocked, and now we knew that John had gotten out of the house. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're a parent, you have to really fight off fear really big. I mean really big. So we ran outside, and we're now yelling outside, John, John, hey, John. And it's getting louder and, and more excited, John, John. And then finally we have a neighbor that comes to us, and John was two years old, only had diapers on, was at this person's house for two hours in the morning, and God bless her, we used to live at another house. God bless her, our neighbor never thought to come and ask, is your son supposed to be out of the house? <sighs> Neighbors. Can I tell you, right away, right away, I went to Lowe's. I got one of those chains. I am not very handy, but I found a way to put that thing on right away because my son was not going to be lost anymore. What am I trying to tell you? Lost things are valuable things. Lost things are valuable things. And listen to me. God is good. He is seeking you. He loves you. All is a very inclusive word. By the way, in case it makes you feel any better, you remember Jesus' parents, Mary and Joseph? Remember when Jesus was, what, 12? They lost him for three days. I could tell, I could just tell there, you at home, some of you were judging me about not being a very good parent. You, how could you lose a two-year-old like that? Well, Jesus' parents lost him for three days. We only did it for two hours. And how many know that Jesus turned out pretty good? He did, he did all right. The, the, the man did all right. Second thing that you need to know, first, as you understand the attributes of God and, and the inclusivity of God, number one, God is good. Number two, God is just. That is an attribute of God. God is not only good, but God is just. Let me give you this life point. This life point to really, really encapsulate what I'm trying to say today. Check it. I love this. Not only does God seek you when you play hide and seek, but when it's his turn to hide... He'll let you find him. Going back to my son, I remember when he was little, when we used to play hide-and-seek. You know, whenever he'd hide, he'd try to find some really great place. And, you know, I'd pretend like he didn't know where he was. He was always in some very simple place, you know, behind the curtains or whatever. And like, okay, John, I don't know where you are. Hey, John, where are you? And, you know, you do that. But then whenever it was my turn to hide, I could not, you know, go up in some attic or some elaborate place to hide or, you know, I had to hide in a very, very simple place. And can I tell you something? Not only does God seek you, but listen to me, God does not hide 
in hard places. Let me show you something that I think will really help you. I'm going to give you some verses that the first one's going to be very, very common to you. Jeremiah 29 and verse 11, you're going to know this verse, but most of you don't know 12 and 13. Look at these verses. They're very powerful. Check it out. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And you will, watch this now, seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Listen to me closely. God has a great plan for your life to give you a future and a hope. But here's the key. It's not just for anybody. It's for people that seek him. You can't just take one little verse and and put it on a plaque and take it out of context. But listen to me very closely. God is not hiding in a hard place. God is not that way. He wants to be found when you seek God. When you seek him with your heart, you'll always find him. He's not hiding from you. He's hiding for you. Because he simply wants one thing. You don't have anything. I don't have anything to offer him. But my heart, he simply wants that relationship with you. Look at this life point. It'll help encapsulate what I'm trying to say. This will explain it. This will tie it in. Watch this. I love this. Life is not about the volume of information you acquire. It's about the intensity of the search. So I watch a lot of people, they, they just try to, you know, they look up a lot of stuff on YouTube. And, you know, we've got information galore uh, just at our fingertip. This, I've never seen a generation so filled with knowledge and so filled with the ability to one finger tap. And it's, here it is, knowledge for everybody. But it's not about simply the knowledge that you inquire. It's about the intensity of the search. And I promise you, if you will seek for God, he is very, very inclusive. You will find him. Matthew 7, 7, the Bible says, those that seek shall find. Proverbs 8, 17, the Bible says, when you seek me early, you will find me. Deuteronomy 4, 29 says, when you seek God, you'll find God. Acts chapter 17, 27 and 28 says, when you seek after God, you will find him. The Bible is full of people that once they sought after God, God was hiding in plain sight. God is an inclusive God. So not only is God good, number two, he's just, and number three, and I think you're going to like this, he's love. This resurrection Easter weekend, I want you to know your God doesn't just have love. He is love. You know the verse, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now watch this, that whosoever, whosoever, I'm going to say it, come on, say it out loud right at your home whosoever, I had four people saying it here right at church, and they didn't really say it with much gusto either. Come on, right here. Whosoever, whosoever believes on him shall not perish, 
but have everlasting life. Can I tell you something about that word whosoever? The word whosoever is the most inclusive word in all of the Bible. See what I mean? Now all of a sudden, am I really rearranging your thought process? Maybe the media, whatever, has told you that Christianity is exclusive. Man, Christianity is very inclusive. Whosoever is the most inclusive word in the Bible. Let me give you six thoughts on that. Six thoughts on whosoever, because you need to know how inclusive God really is. Check it out. Number one, I mentioned this a moment ago. Whosoever is the most inclusive word in all of the English language. Second thing that you need to know, every person will end up in the eternal destiny, watch this, that they choose. Every person. You get to pick. You pick. Whosoever. Whosoever believes. Revelation chapter 22, the very last a chapter in the Bible, in verse 17, the Bible says, whosoever drinks of the waters of life can do so freely. That's talking about Jesus. That's talking about the well of salvation, John 4, 14, that springs up unto everlasting life. Whosoever, I, you, everybody, we end up in the eternal destiny that we choose. Because God is inclusive. You are a whosoever, but you still have to say yes to him. Look at the third thought about whosoever I love. Let's check it out. When you bow your knee to God, he says, your will be done. When you don't bow your knee to God, he says, your will be done. And when I say bow your knee, I don't mean a literal knee. I mean it figuratively, you bowing your heart. In other words, God made you a free will moral agent. And when I bowed my knee to the Lord all those years ago as an alcoholic checking IDs at a bar, when I said yes to him and bowed my knee to him, he said, your will be done. I decided I wanted to spend the rest of eternity with him. I decided that I was going to be a whosoever. How about you? Because if you don't bow your knee to God, then you're simply saying, God, I, I don't want to be with you. I choose a different destiny. Now, I, I've got my beautiful wife here. She'll understand this. You ladies at home will understand this. I've got some really ugly men here, and they will not understand this. I can tell you that. You, you, you remember, ladies, you remember this. You ever have a guy that, you know, maybe really, really, really liked you, but you put him in the dreaded friend zone? You remember the friend zone? Weep, weep. I mean, those are, these are, that's a horrible word for a guy to hear, the dreaded friend zone. Oh, and you know, yeah, nobody wants that. No, I, I, just, I just, it's not me. It's you. It really is you. And I just, it's just, I just want to be friends. I just want to be friends. Oh, that's just not words that any man wants to hear. But you know that. You probably, a lot of you ladies have had this in your life. You told the person, I just want to be friends. But yet they, well, I, I love you. I just love you. I, I can't live my life without you. And then from that point on, they became very creepy. Yeah. 
You know, they were everywhere. All of a sudden, you showed up at work, and there's this big, giant teddy bear that weighs like 200 pounds and like six feet tall. And, and, and then the next day, there's all these roses. And then and, and you're just like, man, I really, I just really want to be. And then this guy shows up everywhere. And all of a sudden, he's not just someone you want to be friends with. He's a creeper. And you don't want anything to do with this guy. It's like, man, would you please leave me alone? Please, please listen. You, you understand that. You understand that concept. God is never going to put himself in a position of a creeper. He's not that way. If you say, God, I, I, I really don't want anything to do with you. Somebody who really loves, let's go back to that example. If I really love that girl, if I really do love her, and she says, I, I just want to be friends and I just want to be left alone. If I really do love her, if I truly love her, I respect her choice. And walk begrudgingly away. That's God. He respects your choice. The fourth thing that will really bring this point home, you'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. Check it out. To give you the dignity of free will... And then violate your free will would be unloving and unfair. God's not that way. He loves you so much, he'll leave you to your choice. Look at number five, check it out. No person can truthfully say to God, you rejected me. However, he can truthfully say to you, you rejected me. You cannot, I cannot look at God and say, hey, God, you rejected me. No, 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 that would make God exclusive. God is inclusive. You are a whosoever. All you have to do is believe what his one son, the Lord Jesus Christ, did for you on the cross. And for me on the cross, he took my sins. He went down into the heart of the earth with my sins and with yours and then he was raised from the dead because he was there, not with his own sins, but with mine. And that really brings me to the conclusion of number six, and I love this. Check it out. Don't get hung up on the fact that there's only one way. Get excited about the fact that there is a way. There is a way. I'm excited about that. Listen, listen to me. Right now, there's not a lot of travel. Can't even get in certain states. But if I, if I was heading to the beach right now and I was going on, on, I was retiring and I was going to the beach for, for the rest of my life, and if two of the side roads were closed and, one of the, and there's only one way to get to the beach, I would not be complaining about the two side roads that are closed, the two side roads that are blocked. I would just be thankful that there is a way to get to the beach. I've been wanting to get to the beach for I don't know how long. I have got to get out of my house. I've got to get away from my family. Someone let me get to the beach. And the fact that there is a way, I'm just so thankful. Listen to me very closely. God is good. God is just. God is love. And he's an inclusive God. Jesus is the only way. But whosoever 
is the most inclusive word that you'll ever hear. Right at your place, right at your home, right where you are. Would you bow your head with me for just a moment? Would you, would you just do that? Just, you, just humor me for a second if, if that's unusual to you. Just, I'm just trying to get you to just close your eyes and focus out all the distractions, all the people or things or whatever around you. Just, just for a moment. Just right where you are. It's okay. Don't, don't be afraid to do that. I mentioned earlier in this session that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no man can go to the Father but by Him. The reason that Jesus is the only way is because He is the only one. He's the only one that came from heaven to earth. He's the only one that lived a perfect life. He's the only one that died on the cross for my sins and for yours. He's the only one that went down into the heart of the earth, Matthew 12 and verse 40. He's the only one that's been raised from the dead. That's the good news of the gospel, that Jesus has been raised from the dead. He is alive. The reason that death could not hold him is because he was there illegally. He couldn't be held. He had no sin. He was there with my sin, my alcoholism, my selfishness, my hatred, my fear, and yours too. And now he's at the right hand of the Father, and he is the way, and he is the only way. But boy, is he inclusive. And all you have to do to be part of the whosoever is simply believe what I just told you with your heart and say, Jesus, I make you Lord of my life. I believe that you came to this earth. I believe that you lived a sinless life. I believe that you died for me. I believe that you were raised from the dead. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. I yield my life to you. And please, 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 I don't mean just believe it with your head. There's so many people that grew up in the Bible Belt or, or they heard about Jesus or they know about Jesus. I don't mean believe it with your head. I mean believe this with your heart. Well, Pastor, how, how do I believe it with my heart? It's just so simple, folks. Listen to me. If you're on an airplane and it's going down and there's one parachute and it's sitting right next to you and, and you know that that's the only thing that's going to save you from sheer death, Listen, you don't just look at that parachute and go, I believe there's a parachute. I believe there's a parachute. I believe that you... No, no. If you really believe something, you put it on. Because you know this is the only way that you're going to get saved. If you really believe that Jesus died and was resurrected from the dead, man, you put him on. You say, come on, Jesus, man. Just This is the same thing I did. All those years ago, 38 years ago, alcoholic checking IDs at a bar. I said, Jesus, I, I just, I was tired of doing it my way. I turned from doing it my way. And I said, Jesus, I, I believe. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to yield my life to you. I changed my mind. I turned from my sin. He came on the inside of me and changed my heart. He did what I could not do. 
Just as Mike sang earlier, he redeemed me. He bought me back from the bondage of my own sin. If you're there at home and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, or if you died tonight and you honestly don't know where you go, heaven or hell, you don't know where you'd spend eternity, you're just unsure. And right now, I know, listen, it's a scary time. I know you're, 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 you're anxious, you're nervous, you're afraid, you don't have peace. I get it now more than ever before you need to give your life to Jesus because he is the Prince of Peace. I'm not going to tell you that he's going to make all of your problems just magically vanish away, but I will tell you this. You will never again face your problems alone. Never. So if you've never received Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, if you die tonight and you don't know where you go, heaven or hell, you're just not sure, you don't know where you'd spend eternity. And in either one of those categories, you want to say yes to Jesus, and you want prayer, and you want that prayer today. Now is the time to do it. Right at your, right where you are, right at your home, right in your apartment, wherever you're hearing this. Pray this out loud. I'm going to lead you in this prayer. I'm going to ask that you pray it with me because the Bible tells you in Romans chapter 10 and verse 13, those that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So I'm just going to help you call upon the name of the Lord. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. But the key is, just mean it from your heart. And come on, don't be afraid. Right where you are, with your head bowed and your eye closed, out loud, pray it with me. God will reach down with his love when you do. Pray it with me. Pray it now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you right now. Sin, I turn my back on you. Jesus, I turn to you. Come on, just pray it out loud. Jesus, I turn to you. I believe that you died just for me. And I believe that you were raised from the dead just for me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Forgive me. Today, I yield my life to you. And I begin a brand new relationship with you. I do it in Jesus' name. Oh, man, I'm so proud of you for praying that prayer. I, my heart reaches out to you. I, I prayed that prayer 38 years ago, and God radically changed me from the inside out. Now, I'm going to ask that you do one more thing. Please, this is really, really important. In a little bit, I'm going to ask my connection pastor to come. He's going to come, and, and he's going to dismiss us in a moment. But listen, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, we don't want to bother you. We, don't want to, we want to give you something that will help you walk that decision out long and strong. He's going to tell you how to do that in just a moment. But would you look, if, if you're with somebody, would you look, if you prayed that prayer and you're with somebody, just look them right in the eyes and tell them, Jesus is my Lord. Come on, tell them, Jesus is my Lord. And if you're by yourself, just say it out loud. Say it like you mean it. God hears you and he loves you. So proud of you. Welcome to the family of God for the very first time. This is what Easter is all about, the resurrection now in your heart. I'm so proud of you. Please hang with us. Be with us Wednesday at 7. Live stream with us next weekend as well. So much to learn, so much to go. We're going to get to the other side of this thing. I can tell you that. We're going to get to the other side of it. 
We're going to beat this thing. We're going to come out on the other side victorious. We will prevail because Jesus is alive. Come on, I'm going to ask my connection pastor. He's going to come. He's got a really important video he wants to show you, a few things he wants to share with you. But as he comes, right at your home, right where you are, right in where, where, wherever you're listening to this, say it with me. This Easter, say it with me. Say it out loud. Say it, say it like you've never said it before. God loves me. As if I am the only person in this world to love. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, or maybe you've been walking away from God for a while and you thought, it's time to come home. I was that lost thing, and I know that he values me. We want to celebrate that with you today. So just click the Next Steps link there, right there on the live stream. Give us a little bit of information so we can get some things, materials in your hands to help you walk this out long and strong for years to come.